Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Hey, what's up? And welcome to Let's Red Table That. I'm Tracy T. Rowe. And I'm Cara Presley. Tracy, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling successful. You know I know you're feeling successful. You feel successful every day, and I love that. Just like I feel every day amazing. I think that's fantastic about us. I cannot wait for us to dive into the first episode of Red Table Talk Season 5. It was so good to hear not only from Janelle Monae, but from their mother, who is amazing as well. Yes, listen, the episode touched so many points. I was so excited that Janelle is a Red Table Talk OG, just like Mm -hmm. us. I mean, Mm -hmm. they have been following since the beginning. Mm -hmm. And why would you not? We love the show. It just reminds me of how impactful Red Table Talk really has been. And it continues to be so relevant. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just give a big kudo to Jada and Gammy and especially Willow because this was her wish list. And I love that. One of the beauties about this episode, <laughs> Janelle Monet owns every part yes. of themselves. And I love that. Yeah. I do love that they said they feel energy first. That is important in the connection. Mm. Sometimes if mm. I walk in a room, I definitely feel energy first, whether it's hot, whether people are cold. Like, right, you feel right. that energy first. Just for them to tap in like that. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. I can't only imagine what the energy felt like at that table. And then when Janelle Monet's mom came out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And the super fan. We have got to talk about the super fan. This episode was just 
chock full of goodness. Action-packed. It was educational. It was mind-opening. Mm-hmm. I bet some mindsets were shifted in this episode. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. we talked about family and sexuality and acceptance and yeah. authenticity yeah. and yeah. love and energy. And being authentic. Who are yes. you? I think that's something we're going to tap into all season long. Right. I bet that's true. Who are we? And how can we learn from each other to support each other and lift as we climb? That's so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our community is our backbone, and we love to hear from you. On the episode of Red Table Talk we're discussing, a fan asked Janelle, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? We asked our community the same question, and here are some of your answers. Learn from everything and everyone from Styles Trayvon. From Black Lives Matter, Memphis 10. Don't expect and you won't be disappointed. OMG. Now, this is a double-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. Should you have some expectations? I mean, you should have some realistic expectations. Like, some things like, you know, I'm, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. But to say I'm, yeah. I'm going to eat and this meal's going to be good, that's not always a guarantee. Or I'm going to eat lobster tail and right. you have $2 <laughs> in your pocket. Right. Got it. Right. Okay, number three. Make sure that what you do today, you can live with tomorrow. From Diane Feeling Cook. That's a good one. I tell my son all the time, like, don't make permanent decisions on temporary emotions. So that reminds me of that, right? Yes, that's good. Four. This is my favorite. I love an acronym. You've been waiting for it. Come on, Cara. Let us have it. Legamo. Okay. It's let it go and move on. Shout out to Sarah Richardson from, uh, that's from our Red Table Talk RVA group. So, yeah. I love that. I'm going to just start saying that. Legamo. Number five, don't envy people. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Hello and Mm -hmm. hello, Glenda Morrison. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. That is so true. Thank you, Glenda. That's right there with the grass is greener. Facts. And then you look over and realize the grass is astroturf. Right. You got to get people off that pedestal, okay? Mm -hmm. And six, never place your happiness in someone else's hands. Thank you, Cecile Saul Moore. Yes. That's what we needed. Don't put your, your stomach in somebody's hands either. My daddy used to say that. Okay. Feed yourself. I like that. That's good. I love that. Thank you to our community for sharing. We love it when you engage with us. Keep it coming. All right, Red Table Talk family. We are going to take a quick break. But when we get back, we will be joined by two amazing guests from our Red Table Talk community. We're bringing two fellow Red Table Talk community members to the virtual Red Table. Da-da-da-da! Cara! It's my pleasure to introduce you all to my friend Joy Donaldson. Listen, Joy is a published author, sexuality professional, award-winning filmmaker, mental health advocate, and an all-around creative. She is the curator of good vibes, as we all love those. And through transparency and humor, she has learned how to make these tough conversations fun and exciting. And of course, successful. Thank you, Joy, for joining us. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) And also joining us is Edmund Giles, originally from the small town of Dermot, Arkansas. Edmund has been a fan of Red Table Talk for more than two years, and he was recently invited to this year's Memphis Sister Friends Red Table Talk community. Edmund joined the Red Table Talk community to learn, be informed, and have conversation with friends and family to understand their perspectives on the many topics discussed on the show. Oh, I love that. Welcome, Edmund. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, let's let's kick it off. This is the part of the show where we reveal which moments made us pause. I mean, listen again and say, wait, what? 
Joy and Edmund, what were your wait what moments? Oh, I'd love to hear what y'all have to say if you have to say something. I really was blown away when Janelle said the thing about God and being bigger. I feel like God is so much bigger than Man the or he woman. or the she. she it's yes. like right. it's like something. And if I am from God, mm-hmm. I am everything. I'm continuing to unpack my relationship with God. Because there have been moments I'm like, really? For real? One of the things that I really loved is when she talked about how God is bigger than pronouns. God is bigger than the box that we tend to put God in. And I have trouble when people say God is a he. Like, why? Say it. (laughs) Say it again, Joy. Say it again. I don't like it. I fight back against it. It bothers me so much. It makes the back of my knees itch. I don't like it. Because it really feeds into patriarchy and the expectation that this has to be a male-dominated thing for this to be truthful. And I honestly think that the God of our ancestors, the God that met us not only on the passage, but was there before anyone was out there, that's the God that has been swallowed up within white supremacy and patriarchy and everything else. And getting back to that version of God, I think, is why so many of us, Black people specifically, have left the church because we're like, some in the milk ain't clean. Mm. Yes. We have further questions. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? Shout out to fellow co-founder of Memphis Sister Friends, Reverend Dr. Roz Nichols, who regularly refers to God as she. So I totally feel you there. Edmund, what were your wait what moments? I think there was a moment when Janelle talked about life is like a play. It's like a a play. Mm -hmm. Right. They're going to be reoccurring characters. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, there are going to be folks that won't make it back for the second act. That's right. And we have to just be fine with letting go. And having to be okay with the people leaving and not holding. I was like, okay, wow. And then kind of going to what Joy was saying about God being this bigger person, bigger than the he, than the she. Kara, you and I had similar wait what moments when she came out in the dress. Come on here for the what? Come on, Latex, listen. It was the red peep in the back for me. Yes, the red. You better have the red zipper. And you represent. It was also the moment at the very, very end when Willow was like, you could wear a latex mom. And Jada was like, you just get to an age where you just can't. Much as I carry a fan, <laughs> it's just hot. ain't no way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding right out of that thing. It's no way. As a 51-year-old, right in the midst of menopause, I can tell you that latex is not your friend. Baby. <laughs> My other wait what moment goes right in line with what you said, Edmund, about how you wake up. Because Janelle Monet literally said... We don't just stay down. Yeah. Like, we get up. 100%. We fight. You know, yeah. this is a reminder that in every era, if you try to oppress the marginalized, you will not win. You don't stay down. You get up and you slay down. <laughs> Come on now. You want to slay down. I like it. I yep, love that. Yep. Love it. Love it. Can we also talk about how Willow carried that episode? She did. She did. I was very proud of Willow. Same. I Big was proud. Same. I was proud. <laughs> I was like, yes. In my mind, sometimes Willow be at the table like, I know my mama and grandma got me up here doing this show. That's what I'm thinking sometimes. <laughs> but I was so happy that this was her pick. It was her pick. She was all vested in this episode. So I agree with you guys because I definitely don't want to hear her in 10 years like, I didn't really want to sit at the red table. I'm glad you're at the red table, Willow. <laughs> I am too, Willow. We need more of that. More of the same, Willow. And the other thing I love is that, you know, you guys remember at that one point where you could tell how she could sense the energy in the room, the room. right? And and then how Janelle Bonet's mom, who is adorable. Ain't she the cutest? He is the cutest. <laughs> Just that love that she was sharing, you could see, like, Willow was like, oh, mom, I love you. You know, it was right. just so sweet. Yes. It was just such a nice, yes. tender moment for us to be able to see that. I love her. 
unconditional yeah. 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 Nobody will take that away from them. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. I'm so happy you brought that up because I thought that was so sweet when they, when she said, they're having these moments when they argue, but it's like, I can't be mad at you because I need advice. I need help. <laughs> help me. I need help. <laughs> Who can I talk I to? I know what side my bread is buttered on. Right. I, I need exactly. you. You might be getting on my nerves, but I still need you. Yes. Yes. And can we talk about my, my wait what moment in the vein, two of the four of us have had mothers who've transitioned on. And so the mother-daughter dynamic, which is one of the mm, premises yeah. of this whole show, was so overwhelmingly wonderful to see for me. Mm-hmm. Because there are so few images that we see that are positive, healthy mother-daughter relationships with yes. women of color. Yes. We got a chance to see it hand over fist. So it was like, you know, Gammy and Jada and Jada and Willow and Janelle Monae's mom. And, and it was just the whole table was overflowing of love. It's the evolution for me. Even in the end when um, Jada grabbed Janelle Monet's mom's hand and just encouraged her. told her, you are chosen. You just felt it. I was like, that's so amazing. That was like, yes, yes. yes, that was amazing. And even Osei, O'Shea. Oh, the super fan. The super fan that they brought on. the super fan. It's so nice to meet you. You have brought tears to my eyes. Stop. Oh my God. You're like... I don't have words. You're like one of the most iconic people. Superfan killed it. When they were talking about the relationship they had with their mom and how supportive their mom was during their coming out, I just thought it, it was just so much love and energy in that space. Mm-hmm. And even with Janelle asking her while people were hugging, how was your flight? And I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> How was your flight? Was your flight good? That's what makes the red table talk the red table talk, right? It's just real. I also want to say, like, even on Janelle's journey, I loved how she said, I will always stand with women for whatever they're fighting for. Exactly. We all as humans just need to evolve. We all should fight for each other. I love that. Like, you don't have to abandon a piece of your journey when you find a new path. I love that. We have lots of questions for you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Questions are good. I know we want to know from both of you, what did you both think of the episode? Let's start with Joy and then hear from Edmund. I have been a fan of Janelle Monae since, shoot, the mixtape days. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) A lot of people don't know her backstory. Like, she Mm -hmm. originally was with Diddy, and Diddy was like, I don't know what to do with her. So that's how she ended up with Big Boy and all the things that she did in Atlanta. And I've been a fan of theirs forever. And when I saw they were going to be on the red table, I was so excited to hear their perspective, especially after them coming out as Mm non-binary. So I am the mother of a non-binary child. So I know Janelle goes by, still goes by she, her, and they, them. So she uses them interchangeably. But watching her interact with everyone around the table, and especially when her mom came out, it was just so beautiful to watch her share about her journey. It was such a good episode. It was so Mm -hmm. thorough. I loved the moment between Jada and her mom when she touched her and she was like, oh, child, I feel the energy. Yes, like, yes. <laughs> I said Jada at this table. I, I saw what she said. That was hilarious to me. I loved it. I loved it. loved it. Yes. I loved it. Such a good episode. Yes. Come on, Edmund. What did you think of the episode? Oh, my God. First of all, I think the episode was just amazing, right? The consistent word I've heard even, even on the episode was like the energy in the room. The energy was just right. so like exploding to me. The conversation was amazing. Just to hear Janelle 
Janelle Monet's background, where she came from, and how she really decided to live in her true, authentic self and, and, you know, not worry about what others think. And that's what really resonated with me, really being able to live and be free with who you are, regardless of what other people think. Having your tribe, having those important people that support you, that love you at the foundation Mm -hmm. of all things. Right. That's so important. So important. Yes. Shout out to authenticity. (laughs) Yes. And not sacrificing. Shout out to it. Like, high fives to it. People are being their selves, finally. I don't know if it was COVID, but the masks are off, okay? Oh, I love that. I love that. Let's move forward. In spite of or because of COVID, the masks are off. Exactly. We are living our authentic lives. Come on, pun. I love that. Edmund, I love the point that you made, too, about despite the fact that Janelle Monet came from a small town like you, she was able to live in her authentic life. She was able to be authentic and identify however she chooses interchangeably or not. How was there a time in your life when you had to decide that living your authentic life was more important than fulfilling any kind of familial expectations? Mm. You know, Tracy, that's a really good question. I came from a really small town. Population of probably like 2,000. Like, that's including the mailboxes and everything, right? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of growing up in a small town, the small town mentality. People were really deep-rooted in their religion, right? What they were Mm -hmm. taught and not really thinking outside of the norm or really getting an understanding of the word per se for themselves, Mm -hmm. right? I consider I was in a box, right, by growing up in a small town. I wasn't really able to expand and fly and be free. My mom was really strict or whatever. So it really came full circle for me when I graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. I did an internship at Walt Disney World for a year. That's when I really began to be free and kind of explore who I truly was and who I truly was born to be, right? When I left Walt Disney World, I said, okay, this is me. I don't care what people think. Of course, I was still younger, but I was willing to to take the risk, step outside of the norm of what people say, well, this is how you should be Mm -hmm. versus this is who I truly am. You accept it or leave it. I came out to my family. It was a struggle in the beginning with some of my family, but, you know, I was willing again to take the risk because at at the core of it, like love is really what holds all of us together. And I think that's the problem. It goes back to being able to step outside of the boundaries and just think about like God, for example. God is love. Love doesn't have a limit. Right. Mm -hmm. Come on, no limits. Yes. (laughs) Come on here, MJB. Shout out to Mary J. Blige. Don't you look no more. Love without a limit. Hey. Like God, he doesn't have a limit on us. So why are we putting limits on people, right? Right. Let us live. Let us be free. Yes, be free. Well, Edmund, I love that. And talk about unlimited love, right? And unconditional love is what we all expect to have from our families, but we know all too often that is not the case. Mm -hmm. And seemingly, the smaller the town, the more challenging it is to align with certain mores and values that exist in small town communities. So I celebrate you for being able to Mm -hmm. live in your own authentic self. Joy, you have definitely crossed over into a whole new realm, especially for a woman of color to be so accepting and so on point. How were you able to get to that? It happened without me being able to be accepted. Mm. I'm a straight cishet woman who I like to say, unfortunately, is straight. (laughs) I have never heard that before. Right. (laughs) 
I'm like, no, wait. All right, then. <laughs> because, I mean, you know, men. Right. <laughs> there you go. And that's that. <laughs> you know, that's a, a full sentence right there. But when it really came down to it, and as we continue to talk about family, my family wasn't super religious, but it seemed like there was a thread of, you shouldn't be able to do that because I can't do that. Oh. And a long way folded into that was this element of, but what about security? What about, right. I, I can't picture you doing that. So if I can't picture it, mm. there's no way that I can see you doing it. So I'm not going to support you. I'm not going Ooh. to be there for you. And that was kind of the relationship I had with my mom. Mm. And okay. it was really difficult to have these dreams as a kid and to basically be told, I can't see you in that. Therefore, this dream is not worthwhile. Wow. So I understood. growing up in Richmond, Virginia, we are already the capital of the Confederacy. So by default, there are some things that are against us, but then you fold in the religiosity that's there. You right. fold in the elder mentality of respectability politics yes. and how things are supposed to go and you're not supposed to go after anything like that. That's right. the term right there. Right. You're not supposed to do something. And my way of kind of fighting back, even unintentionally growing up, now I see how intentionally it was, even if it was the ancestors kind of intentionally working through me with that, was going, no, you're not going to tell me what I can and cannot do. Ooh, that takes such strength. I already beat myself up enough. Right. I'm already beating myself up. Exactly. Yeah. I don't need you to do the work for me. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but, you, but if I really fold, really like pay attention to that, I learned how to beat myself up by being told I you can't do turn. this. Wow. That's powerful. That's where I came from with that. So when my child initially came out to me, it wasn't a question. You immediately were, I'm here for support. Out the gate, right? Exactly. Right. I'm here for support. And they they just recently turned 13 this past Saturday. Come on, teenager. While we were out to eat, they told me, you're the only parent I can trust. You're the only parent that supports me. And That's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Let's dive into that. Because like my next question for you anyway was, we're already talking about authenticity, right? And, and being who you are. Let's talk about being a parent, right? And how yes, the journey child. of parenthood, I can speak for myself. I know I got that 20-year-old. It already did not look anything like I wanted it to look, right? And it kind of goes back to what you were saying about, you know, you growing up in those religious pieces, not what they were picturing and not what we thought. Mm-hmm. I have found, personally found peace in just allowing myself to enjoy what this journey is. How did you feel watching the episode and seeing the parallel between you and Janelle's mother? So I get a lot of backlash about Janelle. I told him back at home, I said, who are you to judge? Mm -hmm. There you go. You You stick up for her. It's definitely a journey. And there are elements that people don't talk about when it comes to children or our kids that come out as trans or Mm non-binary. There is an element of mourning that you do. Right. You don't know that you're doing it, but it's, you're watching, like you said, the expectation that you had what I for your son. parenting would be. Well, you thought I had it was an idea. Be. And I actually had to talk to my cousin about that and allow myself to say the sentence that I was looking forward to raising a daughter. Mm. And right. now my child is in that space of discovering who they are along the binary. And sometimes right. they lean into he, him. Sometimes they lean into they, them. And they've all but kind of shunned the she, her element of things. And I have to allow myself those spaces of grief and of mourning that this is not what I quote unquote thought it would look like. Right. But 
my child needs me as they are in this moment. So I think it's healthy to allow yourself that space of change. And then with me being a sexuality professional, I talk to them about how things look a little bit different for trans and non-binary kids. So we have these almost clinical conversations folded into these emotional conversations to say, this is who they are. And they're still figuring themselves out. These teenagers are different anyway. Okay, let's just talk about that. <laughs> Teenage <laughs> life Gen is Z? already... Young me was not standing up for me today nope. like that. You know what I mean? So nope. shout out to these young kids, though. I I look at my kid every day as they are finding their voice mm -hmm. and beating back depression, beating back anxiety, beating back PTSD, beating back the friends that make them feel othered and the people that did actually other them, the people that have misgendered them, the people that have used their old name against them. As much as they beat themselves up, I look at them and say, you have a 100% survival rate every day. And I look at you and I go, you should be proud. I'm interested in knowing for you and for Edmund, how did you find your community? Because you each have different journeys right? Because Edmund identifies in the LGBTQ, what I call the alphabet community. I can say that because I'm in the community. <laughs> I'd love to know, how were you able to find your people? It's kind of like trial and error, right? So just meeting people and just having friends and really understanding that some people are only in your life for a season and that's it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so once that season has expired, it's time to let that go. Because if you hold on to things that are not meant to be in your life, that's essentially holding you down from your success. So it's really about, for me, trial and error and not having a large circle, right? So now I have a really, really small knit circle. Mm -hmm. And I can truly say that they are my tribe, if yes. you will. I can go to them. They call me out when I'm wrong. Like, we all kind of adapt in the spirit of love. Yeah. And, like, we can argue today and tomorrow we're back at being best friends. I love that. That's beautiful. I'm a major proponent and fan and champion of seeing affirmed in love. So I love mm -hmm. that your tribe can... Yeah. Yeah. Agree to disagree and still move on and, right. and do it from a loving place and still love each other and not let that be the end of it because you just have a different perspective. Yeah, and it's really about not like holding grudges and not taking it personal, right? Just being yeah. able to take what I say and kind of move on, right? It's, right. it's mm -hmm. all in love, so. That's beautiful. Oh, I love that. That's the beauty of family. Exactly. That I identify that you get an earth family and a birth family. Mm -hmm. yes. And oftentimes for many people that identify in the queer community, community, the Earth family tends to be mm -hmm. the truer, closer, more loyal and supportive family. Sometimes you cannot put these human beings on a pedestal because they aren't going to show up for you the way in which you think they should because, oh, that's mom, that's such and such, that's whoever. Doesn't always happen that way. Mm -hmm. And the quicker you learn that, the quicker you're able to rebound mm -hmm. and be able to really reconcile mm -hmm. that thought process of what a mother, what a father, what family is. And then you're able to better pick yeah. And find that Earth family, like Tracy said. And as a mother now, your child seems so self-realized and so self-aware. Yeah. And at 13, I'm super <laughs> impressed with that. There has to be some practice of self-acceptance, self-affirmation. How has that practice played a part in this process and journey for your child? Oh, I love that. To be honest, they have a really hard time with self-acceptance. They have a, a few chosen names, but the one I use is Lonnie, which is a part of 
of their birth middle name because they're named after my grandmother, my maternal grandmother as well. So when I would tell them when they would have these fights with these quote unquote friends or they would have an argument with their dad or they would just get really down, they would deal with suicidal ideation at some points and Mm. they would get upset with themselves in the mirror and say they don't like what they see. I would again tell them, I know you're thinking that self-love is just staring in a mirror and telling yourself, oh my God, I love you so much. You're the greatest thing ever. Mm -hmm. But the Mm -hmm. fact that you set a boundary Mm -hmm. with someone, the fact that you told someone you're not going to talk to me that way, you're not going to treat me that way, that is self-love and acceptance. Mm -hmm. Sharing with them and letting them know like that is a form of love for yourself and watching that kind of click with them has been a form of self-acceptance for them. I love that they're understanding or re-identifying like some pieces of pain are necessary in pieces of love. Like that's what I heard in that. Like we don't have to throw all pain in one bucket. Like there's pain when you're working out, but that's a form of self-love. It's going to get you to a greater space. So again, I'm hoping that they'll see and kind of going back to the episode too, like we're not going to hold on to our tribe that ain't for us. Like we're going to let them go. We're going to accept that. We're going to respect our own boundaries and move forward. Exactly. Edmund, what about you? How do you practice your current self-love and acceptance? Uh, So, I mean, it's really about, you know, I wake up every day. I'm 100% confident in who I am, right? So... Yes, I love that. When I wake up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I see the reflection, I see myself, right? I just see confidence. So, it's really about being clear on what matters to me Mm -hmm. and aligning to those decisions and identity of my core values. That's what really helps me. I love it. Yes. I mean, hop up out the bed and I turn my swag on. I mean, that's what I heard. That's it. I look in the mirror and say, what's up? (laughs) It's the rap lyric for me. Come on here with the rap lyric. <laughs> it's the lyrics for me. See, listen to all these affirmations. You guys are speaking my Come language on. with these affirmations. Right. You know I'm all about affirmations. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to kind of take a step back if we can for a moment. You know, you said something around like acceptance, right? When you think about parents that have a young child that wants to come out and be free and be themselves, what would you tell a parent that's kind of struggling? Mm. How do they say, I love my child, I want to accept my child, but they're struggling, right? What advice would you give to that parent? That is a great question. Something I was thinking about earlier this week was I can't live their life for them. And the one thing I don't want to be is the boulder that they had to jump over in therapy, getting over me because I wouldn't allow them what they wanted to do. And I think that also is a leftover piece of church slash slavery slash (laughs) generational trauma, all the things that we went through to be expected that this is how you're supposed to be and how you can break your child's spirit unintentionally because you're not allowing them to be who they are and to walk with them through that. And I would definitely say that to a parent, because I have a couple friends that have out kids that are very dismissive of Ooh, them or kind of treat them like they'll move past this. Oh, it's a phase. I'm like, that baby is 24. That's not a phase. And don't ignore it. Don't dismiss don't dismiss what's in front of you. Right. They Because they think that, oh, if I stretch that arm out a little bit to give them some distance, they'll realize that, oh, I'm on the wrong side and they'll quote unquote straighten up. And that's not how that works. So I have a lot of affirming friends in my life. I am demisexual, so I'm on the asexual mm-hmm. space of the LGBT community. I heard somebody on TikTok called the Leg Booty Community, which has always been funny to me. Uh, so <laughs> he was like, as a member of the Leg Booty Community, and what? I've kept it in my head ever since. <laughs> <And> so- <laughs> wait a minute. I knew Trace was going to come back to that. Trace said, now wait a minute. <laughs> 
say that back. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute. Edmund, as a fellow member of the Leg Booty Committee, have you ever heard this? <laughs> I've never heard this. Leg Booty Committee? The Leg Booty. Because if you say it quickly enough. The Leg Booty Committee. Okay. It sounds like a word. All right. It sounds like, sound like a word, yeah. LGBTQ. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're actually, if you try to make it a word. I would say to parents that ultimately, yes, you brought this child into this world. No, you do not legally have the right to take them out of it. But if you are in that space and that child feels safe enough to come out to you, the worst thing you can do is break that spirit because mm. they had the the courage, the courage. Right. They had the courage. It takes so much courage. I just the bravery. Another friend of mine, when Lonnie first initially came out, she was like, go nuts buy every rainbow thing. Be that parent. <laughs> because that kid needs to know that you support them. Yes. That was good advice. It's a super big thing. Yes. So going back to Janelle Monet and the fact that her folks were from Aberdeen, Mississippi, and my mom and dad are from Aberdeen, Mississippi. My grandmother had 14 brothers and sisters, and wow. she was a sharecropper in Aberdeen, Mississippi. The answer to that question was yes, Kara, a pebble became a boulder. <laughs> I believe it. I understand. Mm -hmm. It was a big old boulder. And I am so totally here for Lonnie. Thank you. So Lonnie, here's to you, Brah. Oh, when I tell you, I see you, I affirm you, I love you, and you be the most amazing, authentic you that you want to be. You got my vote 100%, Lonnie. Go you. Period. I want to just <laughs> give a shout out to Lonnie. I came out when I was 19 years old, and it was super difficult, and I can't imagine mm. having done that six years prior to at 12, 13 right. years old, saying anything about who I thought I was. It's such a societal conditioning yeah. that that if you don't fit, you literally don't fit. You know, if you're a square Absolutely. peg right. in a group of circles, you don't fit, and then you're ostracized. Exactly. Some parents have, like, this vision for their children. Yeah, Exactly. They want them to live this life or this yeah. life that they have in their mind. But unfortunately, that's not their path. Like, their right. path is their own path. So That's it. Yes. Yeah. Oftentimes, parents want you to live the life that they didn't get to live. That you know, it's like you're the dream deferred. They want to fulfill exactly. their mm -hmm. hopes and wishes and dreams and goals through you and not really identify what it is you want. So yep. show up. You would tell a parent, show up for your child. Go all out. Rainbow it up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Be a part of the Leg Booty Ally Committee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, listen, I had to watch. I watched Pose. Shout out to Pose. I love that show. Yes, Pose. It was set in the 1980s. It's super influential about dance culture, has several segments about life and the society. Based in New York, the show really, it changed my perspective. It, it gave me a sense of something I had no idea about, which was just the community and the family aspect. I can tell you, Cara, not only were the families identified behind the scenes, so to speak, from the ball, when they were doing the balls, mm -hmm. they would prepare and compete as families. So you had the family yes. that was connected based on, in many cases, the mother of the house took in the kids, mm -hmm. air quotes, kids, because they had been rejected from their own biological families. So few people knew. Yeah, it definitely changed the trajectory of my just straight privilege, man. You just start to realize the things that you dismiss and don't take into consideration. And right. so it definitely was heartbreaking for me to even see that people were going through that. Like, how can I be so dismissive?
impressive. So I'm, I'm happy to be learning more. A lot was uncovered in that, in that right. show. Bravo to those good folks that brought that. Absolutely. Great awareness. I've had a whole debate, Cara, to your point, with um, another person who's a church member, interestingly enough. And we were talking about coming out day, right? And she was like, I reject coming out day. Because her argument, which is legit, is people that are heterosexual to your straight privilege do not have a I'm straight day, right? So you shouldn't have, by default, a day where we have to proclaim and do a ba-ba-ba-ba, here's a declaration of, yay, it's the day I came out. And so there's a lot to be said for families who are accepting. And to you, Joy, I applaud you for being able to identify that you don't want your child to default to the absolute worst extreme of hate Mm -hmm. to be the response that comes to, Mm -hmm. you know, here it is, I have to tell you something that is about my true authentic self. It's just a challenge. There's so many nuances to it. And then you start talking about people of color in the LGBTQ community and how that's a double standard. That's another episode, too. Another long episode. When they first initially came out and I was basically saying, you have a history that is Black, you have a history that is LGBT. And please understand that those histories intersect. Do not think that you have to choose. And so the first person I told them about was Marsha P. Johnson. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Marsha P. Johnson, she was such an impactful Black gay rights activist from the 60s and into the 90s. So that's so true. I was telling them that like, the majority of the people that led these spaces that you are into now look like you. Don't let anybody tell you that's not how you're supposed to do it. Absolutely. What was it like when you had to decide that living as your authentic self was more important than fulfilling familial expectations? Hmm, what was it like? You know, initially, I would say that it was, like, very scary, right? Mm. It was lonely. Mm. It was more important for me to really be and live in my true authentic self. My mom raised me as a single mom. So when I came out to my family, I came out to one of my sisters, and it kind of just cascaded down from there, right? So my sister told my other sister, then they told my mom. And at that time, I had a really good relationship with my father. Because we were like best friends, I was afraid of losing that uh, relationship. Yeah. And so my mom told him, and he kept asking, like, he can't, I'll never forget, he came to me twice and was like, what's going on? Your mom is saying this, this, this. Oh my God. And I was like, you know, at, at one point, I was like, you know what, forget it. I'm just gonna, like, tell him the truth and I'll just have to deal with the rest later, right? So I told him the truth and it was so refreshing because when I told him, he was like, okay, what's the problem? I love you regardless. Oh. Thank God. From that point on, it was just amazing. And that was just confirmation to me that I can really be myself regardless of what other people think. That's fantastic. That's like the ideal state you'd want from a parent. Absolutely. But now I have to know, (laughs) did you go back to the sister and say, now look here. Right. uh, Who told you to spill all my beans? Because what in the world? You just spill a tea that don't even belong to you. Right. (laughs) This ain't even your beverage. This is my beverage. Like, what in the world? Ain't nobody asked you for all that. I did. I asked her, I said, so who told you to go tell everybody? Like, that was the discussion between you and I. Exactly. She said, I didn't think it was a big, big deal. So my older sister, she struggled with it for like a while. And so I'll be transparent and say that our relationship was strained for like years. We were very distant. I came out around the age of 19, so I'm 38 
now. So I would say when I turned 30, I called my older sister. I was like, you know what? Just scratch everything. Let's have a relationship. Yeah, so come on. So new relationship. We've kind of been building from there. We just can't continue to hold on to things. Right. I was the bigger person. And I mean, now we're all in a really good space. That's great. Unfortunately, my mom has transitioned. My mom transitioned last year, but oh, sorry like, we're loss. really, really in a good space. You know, it's so interesting that siblings can have even more impact sometimes in parents, right? Because you're so close to them and you grow up with them more times than not. And what, what they think and how they feel, and then, of course, what they share, mm-hmm. in your sister's case, can make a real impact on your life. Because what if you weren't ready for your other siblings and your mom and dad to know? Right. You know, she kind of outed you. Yep. And what happened if I wasn't strong enough to handle like everything that was coming at me? What happened if I would have tried to commit suicide or something? Right. And the thing about coming out is you have to come out in your own timing. Right. Mm. You should not be forced to come out. Yeah. And you had those face-to-face. I wrote my mom a letter, Edmund. When she opens it and reads it, it's going to be like, hey, mom. <laughs> and I remember there being a distinct line. It's like, everything's fine. Now, but now, don't don't freak out because I like women. It's not a big deal. And what was that response, though? OMG. She called me and and she at first, she wanted to be supportive. She wanted to be supportive because she was like, you're my child. And then it was like, now, what do I call you? Do I call you gay? Do I call you a homosexual? <laughs> do I call you a lesbian? What do I call? you. And then it went way beyond that. Then it was all about, you know, what does that mean? What do you do? And I was like, okay, now wait a minute. We're doing too much. We're yeah, having yeah. too much conversation. It's, it's amazing because well, people become curious, right? They become comfortable. They feel like they can right. ask you all of these questions. That's yeah. the funny thing about it. So, yeah. Yeah. She had yeah. my wife cornered one time we visited. Not and, cornered. Yeah, well, yeah. That's what my wife would say. She was cornered. And she promises now to never, ever stay up without me. She's like, oh, going to bed, sweetie? All right, I'm going to bed. She's like, no, too many questions. I'm going to stare at the the ceiling, but I'm going with you wherever you're going. Right, right. (laughs) But you know, it's so interesting, too, about siblings. My wife and I have been together 28 years in August, and we got married on our 25th anniversary. And my brother, my younger brother, didn't come to the wedding because his wife had an issue with our relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even though you have support and you want to believe universally that the family accepts you, there's still some things that can sting. Yeah. My thing is, I don't think that I have to go and wear the rainbow flag every day. It's really about respecting who I am, respecting me as an individual. And that's even for family members, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you accept who I am. It's really about just respecting me. I respect you. You respect me. I love that. How long did it take for you to get to the point before you said, I accept myself and I'm going to accept that you you may or may not accept me. Mm. I think it probably took me a couple of years, you know, growing, growing pains and just maturing. But, you know, I did finally reach the point. And even now it's like, okay, I don't care. It is what it is. I really appreciate you being on and giving the voice from a man's perspective, Mm -hmm. because it's refreshing to hear that even though it's from two different sexes, the journey is very much the same. It's the the same. The same, the trials, the challenges, the pruning is the same. Right. Absolutely. So I'm glad that self-actualization is the same, too. Listen, here lately, I am trying to be the best ally I can, right? And you got to call some people out because they're just saying anything. And it's like, that is not successful. (laughs) 
Kara, to your point, to your point, I will say, as a person who wants to genuinely learn, I have never been offended by a question yeah. right. that was authentically coming to me from a place of curiosity and wanting to learn. So I say continue to make that part of your exploration. Yeah. I will. The person you got to be worried about is somebody that's just like, thought. When they start creating their own narrative. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm just asking questions. No, you're not. Don't play on my intelligence. Exactly. I just want to make sure that, especially from the young people, yes. we're not creating environments where they have to manipulate or they're, you know, working to say what they have to say to please mom, dad, grandma, whoever may not like their lifestyle. Like, that's so hurtful to see when you know someone's not living in their truth. All safe spaces is the goal. As much as we could go on, you guys have been amazing guests. Joy, thank you so much for being here and sharing your journey, not only as a parent, but as an individual who's doing your own sexual exploration. I think that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes, and thank you, Edmund. You woke up like this, and we love it. Hopped up out the bed, okay? (laughs) Swag on, all right? It's on. Exactly. Uh Yes. Thank you guys both for joining us for this episode of Let's Red Table That. We are going to take a short break break, but when we get back, Tracy and I will be breaking down our top five thoughts from this episode. It's time to share our thoughts. So this is presenting Kara and Tracy's top five thoughts. This is the part of the show where we speed through five thoughts slash takeaways from the episode. There were so many. I'm so glad we could nail this down to five, Kara. All right, come on, let's go. Well, let's fire them off. Who wants to go first? Of course, I probably will. So number five, God does not make mistakes. I mean, Mm. that's it. That's, That's the post. He doesn't make mistakes. She, he, them. She, he, him, her, they, them does not make mistakes. Hello, somebody. Hello. Not getting it wrong. I love that. Number four, find your community. Oh. Because everybody has a community out there somewhere. And that is the truth. Absolutely. That is the truth. And I love the fact that our guests did a great job of sharing how they, you know, had an organic experience with their communities. And Mm -hmm. Edmund talked about how he, you know, got his tribe and it's a very small circle. I think we all find that when you get to that small set, that's the tried and true. And it's usually pretty limited. And Joy has a tribe, but I love how she's able to use her experience to help her child. Her teenager, her 13-year-old, find their tribe. So community is super important. That's that right, Tracy? That's exactly right. That's right. Absolutely. Number three, familial expectations should not determine your life's path. Mm. That is very key. I hear a lot of people lately saying, leave the toxic one behind, even if it is your family. So I understand that more and more uh, as I understand how people feel and what people are really going through. Yes. If it's necessary, then it's necessary. You have to make yourself happy. You can't fulfill someone else's dream. You know, you have to live right. your own dream. Right. How many times have we seen that where it's the business that's the father and sons and the mm-hmm. father expects that the son is going to automatically just take over? Take over. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, I don't want to do this. Right. Absolutely. So I love that. Let your family support you, not destroy you. Facts. And then number two, be your authentic self. Oh. Goes right in line with that. I love mm-hmm. that because you dishonor yourself if you're yeah. trying to do anything else. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. We are as authentic as it comes. I believe we we both know all about that and I want that for everyone else I come in contact with. So right. last right. but definitely not least, number one, accept your authentic self. You know, some of us mm. have these quirks and, you know, we're dealing with it, but I want you to accept it and I want you to love it back. Whatever that quirk is that you have. Love it. Right. 
And it's important because there's no one else that's like you. You're just exactly the way you're supposed to be. Enjoy it. Yeah, I love that. We want to know how you're feeling about this new season of Red Table Talk. We are open to talk about anything with you all. So send in your questions at let's red table that at redtabletalk.com. And we are so appreciative of you listening. We want you to make sure that you subscribe on iHeartRadio app and please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want a five rating. I'm going to be clear. Don't we, Carl? We want, we want five. five. We want Nothing a five. Left. We'll be back next week for another episode of Let's Red Table That. A big thank you to the show's producers. Alan Jethro. Ellen Rakuten. Kyla Canero, And Mara De La Rosa. And our sound engineers. Calvin Bailiff. And Devin Donahue. We love you guys. Thank you.